0: worship team, again, thank you guys for for, for just being so good because uh, it's a mess for me this morning. Uh, church family, thank you for bearing with me. Uh, I am going to try to not have a coughing fit. Um, whatever Woodworth dust got in my throat and lungs last week, uh, there may be a little bit still left in there, and I'm, I'm going to do my best. Uh, but if I start coughing, just pray for me. Just say "Amen" real loud, and we'll just—you know—it'll be all right. Uh, if you want to uh, turn in your Bibles this morning to Second Corinthians chapter ten, and while you're getting there, I just want to brag on, uh, on our, our youth pastor and uh, our, let me just say our, our youth leadership team, because it's not just—it's not just Jason. Jason's the kind of the, the leader back there, but he's got a team. He's got Jared, and he's got Kim, and, and they're just making it happen. Uh, before you leave this morning, stop in the foyer, and there's a there's a board with a bunch of pictures, and I didn't even know what it was. I just thought, man, who, who put this board up in the foyer? And so I went and I checked it out, and I started looking at it, and I just thought, wow, come on, God, because it shows this, this youth group that has really just knocked it out the park over the past year. Um, you know, a lot of people do not realize that when Pastor Jason was was handed uh, the youth group, uh, it was kind of like I held him down and stuck it in his hand kind of thing. Uh, now, <clears throat> when he was when he was asked to take that, there was no youth group. You see, the church had gone through a bunch of different things, you guys all know the story, and there was no youth group. And so uh, the leadership team at at Community Church said, Pastor Jason, can can you just try? And so he's gotten in there and he's had ups and downs and he's had some hard fights. He's had some good moments and he's had some rough moments. But I want you to just go back there and take a second to look at those pictures because there's one picture on that board where when they first started meeting, they're back here in this room and there's like antlers on the wall because it had been, yeah, I know, it had been a Royal Ranger uh, outpost and there was bones hanging up on the wall, man. And so he starts meeting with some teenagers back there and he starts just telling them about the love of Jesus. And if you go back there now, It looks so awesome. There's a big screen. Come on, there's cool lights. They've painted it. That room looks better than it ever has. Ever. Come on, some of you guys remember going to Royal Rangers back there when the walls were just like plyboard? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And it's just so good and God's just, God's doing it, man, and He's using our team. Uh, to, to do that work. And so uh, I just want to brag on them this morning. Take a second to look at those pictures uh, Because man, they just they messed me up for just a minute um, And another thing before I jump in uh, To my message this morning, I didn't get to talk about camp because I I was absent last Sunday But um, I'm sure that pastor Monica filled you in there were about 50 first-time Salvation's the week that we were at camp and uh, come on that's 50 world changers Come on somebody, can we celebrate that? That's 50 world changers. And I was just sitting there and I was looking at the tabernacle. If if you're not familiar with Twin Lakes Camp, the church building we use, we call it the tabernacle, which as we know in the Old Testament, that was the meeting place. That was the the temple that they used. They called it the tabernacle and uh, because it was kind of a portable thing. And so it's cool that they call The meeting place at Twin Lakes, the tabernacle, because that's not your normal church you go to. It's somewhere you go when you're at summer camp or ministry or whatever. But I was just standing there in, in the front of that tabernacle, and there's hundreds of screaming kids running by, and it's just all fun and silly. And I was just sitting there, and I was thinking, how many people have come to know Jesus not just in this room, in this tabernacle, but because of what has happened in this tabernacle? And let me just tell you something: we are madly in love with summer camp. And if you have ever helped send a child or a teenager to summer camp, then I promise you, you have made an investment in the kingdom of God. I promise you have. Um, Even young people, it was so funny, I posted some pictures and young people commented on my pictures that aren't currently walking with Jesus, but they remembered the goodness. And they remembered what happened in that tabernacle, and they remembered experiencing God. And so those seeds are still there, even though though they may not currently be walking with Jesus, even though they may currently not be a person of faith, they still remember what God did in that place. And so it's just so awesome. And that's, that's why we love Camp. People ask why do y'all do all that silly stuff because we get out here and we act silly and we have paint wars and all this stuff and we have all that fun with these kids and then all of a sudden we say hey kids we did all that fun stuff now let's go to church and they say okay cool that must be fun too and they go and they meet Jesus come on you I I just I can't describe it what it's like to have a kid come to you and say I want to know Jesus it oh my gosh if you if you're not like weeping, then you're not a human. So anyway, let's jump into this this morning. So we've been talking about winning the war in your mind. I believe that uh, most of life's battles can either be won or lost in our minds. Come on. And so I want to continue my series today. I've got one more week in this. And uh, today we're going to talk about negativity. We talked about toxic thoughts. We talked about how Satan wants to jump in our thoughts and and jump in our mind and mess us up and derail us and stop the good things that God wants to do. Um, <clears throat> and so I want to just talk about negativity. I was visiting with a coworker this week and uh, they, they came into work they were a little bit late. And so uh, they came in, they were all upset and they were like, ah, they're just negative. They said, man, I'm just so sick of this. And I just, I thought, what are you sick about? You know, you're late to work because you stopped at Sonic on the way. Come on, somebody. And I thought, you know, listen, we're, we're kinda spoiled. Listen, I love my country and I'm patriotic, but we're a little bit spoiled here in the US of A, right? Because you can be late to work because you stopped at Sonic, right? And, uh, and sometimes, even though we're living great lives, we find ourselves becoming really negative and listen, I don't think that God wants that for you. I don't think that God wants you to, have, uh, wants you to uh, live a, a negative life. So let me read my verse real quick, and then we're going to jump into this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. Everybody say demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this group of people. God, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share your word with them this morning. God, I pray that every everything I say lands. God, that that it that it, it is heard. God, that it is accepted uh, this morning. And God, right now before we go any further, I just lift up each and every person in our community that's dealing with uh, with sickness right now. God, I was given a message uh, just last night that one of our very own is is dealing with sickness, and I just lift them up right now in this moment. God, you're so good, and I believe that you're a healer. God, I believe you're a provider. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you, church family. Uh, Thank you, First Lady, for backing me up. Um, I also had a message uh, that I almost forgot to read uh, from the the Mike Lewis family. And it just says, um, uh, to our church family, Mike and I would like to thank all of our church family and friends. For their love, prayers, and love gift. We greatly appreciate all of you. Uh keep keep Mike in your prayers. <clears throat> he is still going through some things. <coughs> There's my first call. Somebody keep a counter. Uh he's going through some things still. Um, but we, we believe that he's gonna pull through, God's gonna bring healing, and uh, he he is tough. And so, just keep him in your prayers. He loves to text, so shoot him a text if you haven't, and uh, keep him keep him busy. So, let's talk about this. Let's talk about negativity. You ever get around somebody that's super negative, and it just make your day? Nobody. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, I remember I was I was at uh, I try to get away from negativity because y'all I just try to be positive if I can. And um, I remember one time I was. Um, I was at, at McDonald's, and, and this guy had gotten pickles on his burger, and he was freaking out. And I was like, bro, just take the pickles off, man. It's pickles. It could have been mustard, bro. It could have been something demonic. It's just pickles. And he was freaking, he was standing. There's nothing sadder than seeing somebody standing up at the, at the counter at McDonald's with a burger wide open because they got pickles on it, and they don't want them. You know what I'm saying? And I was standing there, and he was mad. And, uh, you know, it wasn't you, brother. <laughs> And he was upset, and I remember he, he kind of got into a little heated argument with the person, and I was just like, they kept looking at me, and I was like backing up. I didn't want to be associated with that because, you know, spit. But anyway, uh, that negativity just freaked me out. There it, is, there it is. And so I try to step away from negativity, and I try to catch myself, if, if I start becoming negative, I think that negativity can make your day last a lot longer than it would be if you had a positive attitude. And so let's talk about negativity this morning. There's something called cognitive bias that happens. And what this is is a mistake in reasoning based on preference or experience. Uh, Maybe you had a bad experience with a dog. Now all dogs are super dangerous. Come on, you ever had somebody come over to your house and you got like a chihuahua? Come on, what kind of dog is Bentley? big scary, somebody comes to your house, Bentley's like, and they're freaking out, man, somebody came to my house, y'all, I got a basset hound, that's the most benign dog on the planet, it's not going to chase you, okay, because it would probably fall over and have a heart attack, like, I mean, he's not going to chase you, but somebody came to my house one time, like, get your dog, get your dog, and I'm like, bro, it's a basset hound, what's it going to do, cry, like, I mean, but you have, a, uh, you have a one bad experience with something, and all of a sudden, that thing is ruined for you. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, you went to one, uh, one waffle house once in your life. Thank you so much. That's mm, so good. Uh, <laughs> you went to one waffle house, and you had a bad experience. And now every time that you see another waffle house every third mile down the road, because um, they put them on every corner. Uh, you said, I'm not going. I'm not going back there. Come on. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you rode with, with pastor driving down the highway, and now all cars are scary. Come on. You don't want to ride with nobody no more, because you don't baptized yourself and spoke in tongues. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I didn't think I was that bad, and uh, I was riding. Uh, I was driving a coworker, and they yelled my name out real loud. I said, "What? What?" And they said. You almost killed us. I said, oh, I thought you were trying to have a conversation. And, uh, yeah, man. I'm just trying to get there on time, brother. And so anyway, uh, uh, we could refer to this as a uh, mental filter. The filters we have shape how we see life. Come on. You change the filter, and you can change the feeling. Jason, put that first, that first picture up. So I took a selfie. I love taking selfies. I took a selfie with uh, my beautiful bride, and I said, I love this picture. It looks so good. She makes me look great. Everybody's like, man, JB, you did good. You must have been paying your tithes, boy. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. I need help this morning. And so look, and, and I said, man, I love that picture. It looks so good. But then let me tell you something. If your kids get your phone. They can put a filter on a picture and change the feeling. If you put a filter on something, it changes. Go ahead, man. It changes the way it looks. Ho! Ho! She still looks okay. JB. You know he's eating Werther's Originals. All right, let's go. Listen, so, yeah. Yeah. Listen, so when we change the filter, we change the feel. Come on. The filters we have shape how we see life. Um, Cognitive bias is a default filter, and everyone experiences it differently. That's why two people can walk into a church and have a different experience. Come on. Somebody could walk in this church and say, this place stinks. can't stand all these, these, this white paint on these walls. What is does the pastor have his shirt tucked in? What is it? Is he wearing Hey Dudes? Oh, I can't stand this. But then another person could walk in right next to them, and they could say, well, this church feels pretty nice. The air conditioner works. It's great. You know? Listen, uh, two, the, the facts are the same, but the filter is different. So just like we applied a filter to our picture, we can also frame our situations. The way you frame a situation determines how you see it. Have you ever been around someone that just only sees the negative side of something? And you're like, come on, man, you are tiring me out. Only see the negative side. The way you frame something is, that determines how you see it. There's a tool uh, called reframing that counselors use with their clients, uh, creating a different way of looking at a situation by changing its meaning. Come on, this can be a very helpful thing, uh, especially if you're struggling <clears throat> with negativity in your life, being able to take a step back and change the way you see something. Jason, if you put the, the clouds up there for me, brother, Um, So, those are pretty scary. Come on, that looks like Louisiana on a Tuesday. You see that coming at you? Bro, you're getting in a house that's made out of concrete and bricks. Come on. But what? So, we see that, and we see only the negative. We see a big, dark, scary cloud that we do not want. Come on, KTBS 3 Storm Tracker looking at that, saying, you better hide. We don't want that in our life. Come on. But what if we could reframe that? What if the picture looked a little different if we took a step back? Let's reframe that picture, brother. Come on. You see, what I did was I took one little piece of that picture that looked dark and scary. When in reality, what we're looking at here is just a sunset with some clouds. Come on. In reality, there's beauty to that. But I took one little piece, one little part. Come on. Some of us are guilty of looking at one little thing. And basing our entire outlook on that. Some of us are guilty of taking one little negative thing and putting a big expensive frame. Y'all know frames are expensive? I got a professional license in the mail a couple years ago. And the place I worked said, hey, you've got to put that up on the wall. I said, okay. Can I just like tack it up there? Or <laughs> like we got some sticky tack? What are we going to do? And they said, no, go to Michael's and get you a frame. If you go to Michael's, they are, their frames are made out of, like, gold, man. So I went to, I went to, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to Michael's. I went to Walmart, and I got one of them Walmart frames, all right? Now, listen, so when you frame just a tiny piece of something, you can really set your up, set yourself up for some negativity. Remember, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it maybe some of us expected to be at a different place at this point in our lives worked hard got a degree excited graduated now we're doing something different come on maybe we thought our relationships would have worked out differently maybe we thought our our uh, parenting styles would have worked out differently the apostle Paul dreamed he wanted to, to be a preacher. Come on. He wanted to preach in Rome. He ended up as a prisoner. And this is what he says in Philippians 1. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that because of what has happened to me, I will be quitting church and deconstructing my... F- Wait, is that what he said? Yeah. No, that's not what he said. He didn't say, I quit I'm done. Come on, we're about to get real up in here. This is what he says. Come on, this is so good. And I think that a lot of us need to hear this because we live in a society, we live in a group of people that are so ready to quit. Come on, there was something that happened last year. They called it the Great Resignation. More people quit their jobs than ever before. Listen, and don't get me wrong, if you're working in a toxic environment, it may be time to step away. But I don't believe that we should just run from any adversity, any negativity that we we encounter. We should just turn, tail, and run. So this is what Paul says. He says, Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel as a result. It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Most people would have been very upset. They would have been like, God, why did you send me here? Now I'm in prison. They would be very, very upset. Come on, we get upset about little bitty tiny things, and it totally ruins our day. What's that? You don't have 5G coverage anymore. It dropped down to 3G. Your web page takes 10 seconds to load now instead of four seconds. Let's call somebody. <laughs> Come on, we're dealing with mental anguish right now. I need a safe place. Come on, we get so upset. Uh, you know how you know that you're in Louisiana? We knew we went to. Uh, we were in in Dallas for a day and a half uh, the other week, going to see Mike and. And we knew we were back to Louisiana because of, not because the roads changed, because they did. That's one reason, that's one way you can tell. But you know the other way we knew we were back? Because we saw these beautiful yellow billboards every quarter of a mile. You know what I'm talking about, come on. Gordon McKernan, you want to sue somebody? Here they go. You, are, you Everybody knows what that dude looks like. That's how you know you're in Louisiana. I love that, he used to have one in Spring Hill, and it said, Blessed are the peacemakers. And I thought, what? You, you want me to sue somebody? That ain't making peace. Anyway, we you see those things. You see those commercials come on, the Morris Barts and the Kirby Kellys. Throw a fit. Sue somebody. And I think that's something. We talked about this in Sunday school a little bit this morning. Uh, we get so negative, and we just want to shut down on these things instead of getting up and going forward come on I love to say this to my kids we don't make excuses we make adjustments come on you don't just stop God doesn't want you to just stop maybe something bad happened oh I'm just gonna be negative and I'm just gonna sit here for the rest of my life no come on he told the when when the children of Israel are out there in the wilderness he told them they had camped out at this mountain and it was really comfortable it wasn't a great place but it was comfortable Come on, it wasn't, a, it wasn't where they needed to be, but it was comfortable. And so it was a negative thing, but they could sit in their negativity because they were okay. And God said, get up and move. It's time to leave. And I think a lot of us need to hear that this morning. It's time to leave that negativity behind. And so this is what Paul says. He says, I get to reach more people because of my situation. And he finishes his thought, and he says, Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Come on. That's so good. We need to think about that. We need to think about that when we're frustrated. We need to think about that when we think, I'm just going to give up because it's not going my way. We need to remember that this man was literally chained up and still proclaiming the gospel. Still proclaiming with joy the gospel of a good God that loved him. Come on, somebody. Let's talk about reframing your story. The first thing, if you're writing down anything with me this morning, I want you to write these three things down. The first thing we want to do is as we reframe is thank God for what didn't happen. Come on. Sometimes we sit here and we say, man, I'm I'm so, I'm so mad about what happened, or I just can't, this thing happened, and I just can't get over it. Come on. Thank God for what didn't happen. Come on. Maybe you made a bad grade, but you didn't fail. Come on. Leave that negativity behind. You missed a bonus. You didn't get fired. Come on. my grandpa used to say, a lot of people used to say, a bad day fishing is better than what? A good day at work. Come on, there is a way that you can walk through your life with positivity. One of the most negative experiences I had, one of the most traumatic things, was when I, I lost my job and it was tough and I went through a month where I, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to get back in school and the only way that I could get my job back was if I got accepted to go back to school and finish school but let me tell you I could sit here and I could be mad about that and I could be jaded and I could walk into work because the end of the story is I did get my job back and I did go back to school and I did finish but I could be upset and I could be jaded and I could be fearful and I could walk in negativity and I could carry the weight of that negativity or I can stop, and I can thank God that, the, that I got the job back. Come on, that he, he helped me through that situation, that he helped me through the rest of the school, and that I passed it all, and then I made it, and that now he's given me a great opportunity to provide for my family. Come on, I could sit here on the naked Well, I got fired. Yeah, but you also got restored. Come on. What could have happened is no restoration, and you've got a lot of problems. So, I want you to look at that. I want you to make sure that you don't just look at a one-dimensional picture of your situation. Don't just look at that dark cloud. Well, that that man, that cloud sure is dark. I love it when it rains and someone comes out. And, you know, a lot of us get mad when it rains because we wanted, You know, we didn't want to get wet or whatever. Brittany and I paid way too much money uh, at a local uh, detailer the other day to get our car all nice and detailed and it literally rained that day. I was like, are you kidding me, man? But then I heard a lot of people say, "Hey, we need this rain." Come on. And so, there's always a way you can look and say and think and 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 reframe that. <clears throat> the second thing, practice pre-framing. This is a big deal. Instead of thinking this work day is gonna stink. I'm not ready for this. This is just not gonna be fun. Preframe with this will be a challenge. I'm gonna better myself. Come on. Instead of <clears throat> excuse me, instead of walking into something with negativity, ah, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna be here. I don't like uh, I don't like going to this kind of stuff instead, pre-frame with, I get to be here. I get to, come on, maybe you're at a ball game. What's up with tournaments, like ball tournaments that are all day when it's 156 degrees outside? Some of y'all, some of y'all get me. And instead of sitting there and whining internally and getting in a sour mood all day, I don't want to be here. I'm getting sunburned. Come on, you're getting a tan, baby. It's going to be all right. Listen, Pre-frame that with I get to be here and spend time with the people that I love. Come on. I get to be here. Maybe it's hot and I'm hungry and the only thing they got to eat is nasty chili dogs. But I get to be here and my kid gets to see me doing some, uh, watching them doing something that they love to do. Come on. We can get ready for that stuff. We can pre-frame and have a good attitude walking in. Sometimes, can I, y'all, let me be real honest. Sometimes I struggle with that one. And I remember when I was a kid, I would get so frustrated. I don't want to go. And my grandparents and, and my mom had such a good ability to pre-frame like that. Like, hey, I got good news for you. We're getting up at 530 in the morning. And, you know, no, I don't want to do that. Well, hey, you get more daylight. Come on. You get to spend you get to you get to use every hour that God's given you today. Come on. In that good isn't that good eight-year-old JB, and I'm sitting there crying. Come on. And people sometimes that gets on your nerves just a little bit, but you just get you just gotta pray through. Listen, you can get there. And I think that God can give you that ability. Come on. To to not just shut down and be negative. But to have that positive outlook and to fight those negative thoughts and to frame situations in a way that help you. Come on, in a way that this is going to grow. This thing might be hard, but this is going to grow me. Come on, this thing might, what I'm about to do, maybe it's a work day, maybe it's a school project. Come on, and, and, and it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard, but it's going to grow me as a person. Come on, pre-frame. Get rid of that negative stuff. Um, and, and you'll feel better. Come on, your, out, your output spiritually will be better. So the third thing is look for God's goodness. And, Brittany, if you want to come back real quick, I'm going to close with this one. Look for God's goodness in, in things. And this one takes faith. And this is one of the things. Listen, I love being around. I like to say, I, I, I like to use the word warrior. Warriors of the faith, come on, that have prayed more hours than I've been alive. People that have seen really bad times, and they've seen God come through time and time again. I love being around you guys because you can tell me about some things. And sometimes I get, oh, I get nervous and I get worried and pastor starts to become a little basket case over here and i get around these prayer warriors and they're just like come on let me tell you about this one time where everything went wrong and god made it right look for god's goodness one of my favorite authors is Corey ten boom some of you i'm sure probably most of you know that name she was in a concentration camp. She lost her sister in that camp. She survived and ended up teaching about forgiveness that she could, even though she was interned and and a prisoner and tortured by, the, by these people that were just sinning horribly, she taught about forgiveness. And, and there's a quote I wanna share with you from her. And it says, if you look at the world, y'all, this is so good you'll be distressed. If you, look at, if you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Y'all, that's so good. Perspective matters. Ask yourself this morning, as we, as we get ready to close, and we're gonna pray here in just a minute. Do you look for the bad things the negative things, the challenges, sometimes it's easier to because, listen, I think, all, I think a lot of us struggle with this. <clears throat> we kinda wanna feel bad for ourselves. We kinda wanna feel bad for ourselves a little bit. We, we face things because it's tough to get up on your own, get up on your feet and face your situation, it's tough. It's a lot easier to sit down and say, man, I just feel bad about this. I just got a bad, I got a bad hand, do we look at those, do we look for bad things, negative challenges, or do we look for the good, do we look for positives, do we look for opportunity, Do you remember 2020? Anybody remember that year? Nobody? Come on. <clears throat> can you Matt, can you believe it's been 2 years already? Since since we woke up January 1, 2020 and a bunch of weird stuff started happening. You know, I got I got tired of living through historical events. Come on. For a lot of people, 2020 was the worst year ever. A lot of stuff was going on, a lot of scary stuff. There was so much fear, and there was so much uncertainty, and and it really messed a lot of people up. But let me tell you something that, that... I will always remember, I mean, for the rest of my days, I will remember this, that Jesus didn't get freaked out by COVID-19. Come on. That Jesus did not get freaked out by wars and rumors of wars. That Jesus did not back up and say, whoa, hold on, man, this is too crazy for me. I got to take a break for this year. No. Jesus, as the head of the church, come on, led the church to do amazing things that year. And let me tell you something, the church did not retreat, the church advanced in 2020. And I'm so, I hate to use the word proud because that sounds prideful, but man, I'm proud that I'm part of of a movement of people, not just Community Church North Webster, but the people of Jesus, come on, Jesus people all over the world didn't retreat. They, they ran towards the spiritual warfare that was going on that year. And it was all about perspective. And I'm sure there were some people that said, well, I just can't deal with this. This is too much. We got we to gotta stop. But what we did, not just here, come on, I'm proud of you guys because you guys killed it that year. But not just here, but all over the state of Louisiana and all over the United States and all over this, this beautiful planet we've got, people didn't give up. When when we couldn't meet together, we didn't just look at the at the frame of locked doors of the church. We didn't just look at that. We backed up and said, hold on. There's a whole community out here that we can reach. And I love, there's a picture. And there's a few of our church members and uh, they're slinging boxes, come on, from Convoy of Hope giving to the community, loving on the community, being the hands and feet of Jesus for the community. Come on, it's all about perspective. It's all about framing. And so Jesus led us that year to not just look at that one little piece and say, hey, we can't do anything because there's a scary virus going around because there's spooky stuff happening. Jesus led us as the church to run to our communities and love on our communities. And come on, that was a whole year. So why in the world can you not reframe one situation in your life? I think every single person in this room has got something that you've gone through that you have carried with you as a negative memory, as a hurt, And I believe that right now, the Holy Spirit is challenging you, come on somebody, to begin to reframe that situation, to begin to search and look for God and the goodness of God, even in that bad situation. Come on, it's there. I believe it. I want to pray with you as we close, if you'll stand with me. And this is my prayer this morning as we close, that you would see God in all your situations and that we would do this, that we would not interpret God through circumstances, church family, but that we would interpret circumstances through God. Come on. If you can get there.